You can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast. Episode 18 of The Menovation coming in this morning. Uh, we are going to be f- following up to episode 16 with our with our, uh, interview with Pastor Matt where he shared an amazing story on adversity. So if you haven't listened to episode 16, go listen to that before you listen to this. Um, but we thought it would be cool to share our own stories of adversity, how we navigated them, do's and don'ts, um, and just how we came out on the other side. Because uh, so much of life is facing adversity, right? As we all know, life is not fair. Life is tough. Life is challenging. Um, and how you face adversity challenges is extremely important. So that's what we're going to be talking about in episode 18 of Menovation. All right, boys. Uh, go. Let's, let's, does anybody, let's digest a little bit of episode 16 that we interviewed uh, Pastor Matt. His story uh, of his son. I, there, was, there was one point where he's telling his story that just like broke me. It was not a dry eye. No, I was, no, that's yeah, what I was thinking. No. I was like, we were all crying. I was like, yeah. because it's, uh, obviously if you have children, you could really relate. Um, but just his, his, uh, his fighting for his son, the fact that he didn't give up, the fact that he just continued to press in um, was truly inspirational. And um, it really is just the testament to his faith uh, in God. So it was just, it was really cool. So yes, yeah, so if you have not listened to that, go Go, 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 listen. But right also, now. it's like the, what amazed me is how God worked with us so we can understand Him. So oh, we can, awesome. you can understand yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it happens to me before, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. It's like suddenly you're, just, you're uh, mentoring your child and you realize like, oops, yeah. I'm in the same situation. And then God start talking to you and you mm. start to, He start to work through you so you can understand understand certain things that you need to fix as well yeah right so, yeah but that the same that you know that 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 testimony that what what i'm that is what amazed me more the most mm-hmm. like hearing like oh I, I i was living a life that like and uh, under the same situation like my boy that's what pastor matt yeah explaining, so. yeah it's amazing how god relates the struggles with our children to his struggles with us mm-hmm. right that whole thing um what do you think ben it, yeah, like, it, we could interview a hundred people, and a mm. uh, hundred people would have different stories of adversities that they've yeah, been through. For sure. Uh, but just the the vulnerability uh, of of you know Pastor Matt and, and how he shared it, and uh, that he's still processing it, he's still working through it, and you know that that's something that has shaped his faith. Uh, not that he didn't have faith before, but sure. that kind of strengthened it right like yeah and yeah so it was such an incredible story and just the the way he shares it is impactful yeah yeah it was uh it it's powerful right and the cool thing is i mean that's a cool thing but we have a lot of people that we know that have very powerful stories uh around their children around sickness mm-hmm. uh around these different things so 
Um, we're definitely going to be having uh, more people on with those types of stories. Uh, definitely going to be having Pastor Matt on. We got to talk about some business stuff. Uh, yeah. he's He does really, really well in business uh, on top of being a pastor, which is a really cool dynamic for him. So anyways, yeah. So go listen to episode 16 if you haven't. Stop this episode. Go listen to that one and come back and listen to this one um, <laughs> when you uh, when you uh, listen to that one. So, all right, boys. So we have to talk about some of our stories facing adversity. Um, I'll go first since, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was thinking about this and uh, I think that for me, how I face adversity is really important. Um because as I was mentioning kind of at the beginning of this episode was life is basically just a series of adversities, right? Mm. From one thing to another, mm-hmm. there's different challenges. Um, and it's the whole trope, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, you know, get back up on the horse, blah, 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 all these things. But it's always the funny thing about sayings is there's always so much <laughs> yeah. truth in those old tropes. Um, and there's so many things in life that kind of want to take you out, so to speak, whether you're thinking from a spiritual aspect, just the world, different things. Um, so I actually come from a, uh, I come from a broken family. Parents got divorced when I was super young. Um, I was like three or whatever. Uh, parents split. My mom got remarried. Um, but so kind of my big story of adversity is not succumbing to my circumstances. It's a big thing, I think, for a lot of people. Where when I was younger, um, my mom and my stepdad did a form of meth for like 12 years. So from when I was, I don't even know, five to when I was about 12, maybe something like that. Um, long time. I think it was a total of like 10 or 10 or 11 years for them. Um but, and I hadn't, I didn't live with them the whole time, but my parents or my mom, my stepdad were like functioning crackheads, essentially, mm. where they maintained jobs, they did all these things. Um, so we weren't like completely destitute and maybe it was worse than I realized when I was younger. Um, but I mean, like they still had all their teeth, you know, all those things. So, <laughs> but they partied and they did all those things. And um, anyway, so. So yeah, so it was just so trying to... You were into meth from the age of five? Wasn't into it. I was around it. Well, okay, around <laughs> it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, so no. So my parents did it from pretty young age. Okay. Um, and that's, I just grew up around it without even knowing it. You know, we always had people in and out of our mm. house, all these things. My mom and my stepdad would split up a bunch. Uh, my mom, we would end up around in people's houses. She had, you know, her boyfriends, flings, whatever. Um, and we'd bounce around a lot when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, at the time, I only had one younger sister that they had had. Um, so it was interesting. I spent a lot of time with my stepdad's grandma, who was actually in a wheelchair. Um, so just around her, just great, just great woman, very loving, all those types of things, full of grace. Um, I think a lot of us have that story of just a powerful woman in our life when we were younger. But anyways, um, so yeah, so just navigating that and not realizing the struggles that they had gone through. And what that did is that around fifth grade, I didn't realize this, but my mom was going through a real big transition in her life with all of that stuff. So I went to live with my dad 
And then him, he was he was the stable one. He was very stable. Job. I mean, he wasn't married. He'd been married a bunch of times, but he at least had a really good job. Took care of me. Spent time with me. All those types of things. Had a horrible temper, but everything else was, for the most part, was really good. So, when when you were five, they were living together? My mom, and my stepdad? No. Oh, no. My parents got divorced when I was like three. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And then you stay with your mom, and then your mom is the one that was using... Yeah, uh, yeah, we were living with, in with uh, that. Yeah, we were living in Fremont, California, which okay. is near San Jose. Oh, uh, mm. yeah, and they were they got married and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's where okay. we lived for okay. a long time. So, Did, your 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 natural uh, father wasn't aware that you were exposed to. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't think he had any idea. Mm. So, yeah. um, and I talked to him occasionally, spent time with them, those types of things when I was younger, but no idea. But it was and about, that's how you're a Sharks fan. <clears throat> that's how I'm a Sharks fan. Okay. That's where my tie to the Bay Area is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all, Bay, all, all Bay Area sports. San Francisco 49ers, San Jose Sharks, Oakland A's. Not the Giants. Giants can eat it. You know. <laughs> no, but yeah. So that's how I have the connection to the Bay Area. So anyways, um, come full swing, living with my dad in Arizona. Uh, he gets remarried. Um, all these things. I don't need to go into super big detail. He gets married to this woman. We uproot our life. She actually has a son that's the exact same age as me, just a year older. Um, we move. They get divorced. We or they split up. I should say. We move back to Utah, where he, my dad is. My dad's actually from a good portion of his life. I think is from here. I don't know if he was born here, but um, we lived with his brother. Yada yada yada. So basically, kind of where the story begins. That was kind of the prequel. As I moved, he was moving back to Arizona to work it out with his wife at the time. And then I moved back to Chula. So I was born in Chula, but I didn't grow up there. Moved back to Chula. And at that point, my mom and my stepdad had just gotten busted from doing meth. Hmm. So their house was raided, the whole nine yards. So at that point, they were still going through the process of the legal system and everything like that. So I think it had been a few more few months before that they got busted. Um, but my mom was only on, so they got arrested for only for a few nights. Luckily it was our first offense. Um, but then my mom was only on probation for like six months. Uh, she had a couple jobs, all these things. So that's basically, I kind of coming back into this. So during this time I was in a freshman in high school and where all this is going is I had my own basically experience with drugs. Uh, I, actually never touched hardcore drugs just because I watched what it did to them. Mm. Um, but being in a small town, you don't generally have a whole lot to do. Mm. Uh, so I got in drug, or I got involved just smoking pot and, you know, drinking. Anyways, from that, um, did that for about a year. Anyways, it led up to an experience that shifted my life forever. Um, it was one morning before, I think we were sophomore at this point, around the beginning of sophomore year. Um, we were smoking pot before school. And what I've noticed is, I don't know if either the, the, the pot was laced with something else, but it, it was starting to affect me differently. Where a lot of times, marijuana generally slows you down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very like, uh, you're laughing, you're, you know, kind of the general stuff, right? And then... Um, Anyways, but this time I remember, uh, so, so let me back up. There was another experience for us. So there was two experiences. So a couple of weeks before that, I had a really gnarly experience where 
we were we were partying, we were smoking a bunch of you know pot, we were drinking. I was kidding, but I was like, we smoked a lot, so I was really really high. And you can't, you kind of just get to the point where you get sleepy and you pass out, right? Yeah. You generally with marijuana. I mean, nowadays it's very different, but anyways, at the time, and I I will. It's a very weird, very weird scenario. But anyway, so we were we were really really stoned, and I had a buddy um, look over to me. He says, John, I'll never forget this. It's really weird. He's like, I've always wanted to tell you something. I said, what? He's like, you look like a wiener. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and at the time, I was really stoned. I like lost it. I flipped out. And I I was pissed off. I was offended. I was whatever, right? So I take off into the night. And um, (laughs) really funny. Um, but this, this is actually movies are made of. Is my apparently a lot of things in my life. I have to tell you my shitting my pants story one day. Anyways, um, so I take off in the middle of the night. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. It's dark. I'm super stoned and drunk, and I don't even know where I am. I'm like 14 at this time, and I remember running into this fence. It's super dark, and we're like small town. There's a bunch of alleyways. I can't really see anything. It's, so it's someone's yard. I'm running into this fence and it's covered in vines. So I can't really see there's a chain link fence behind it. And I'm pushing myself against this fence and I'm getting scraped up all these things. Um, and I, I, it's actually kind of funny because in this moment, I actually cried out to God. Kind of ironic. Wow. Mm. Um, you know, to save me, blah, 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 all these things. Cause I'm my whole, my whole reality is shattering right now for whatever reason. So somehow I managed to get over the fence, lose a shoe, right? And I wander home in the middle of the night. My parents never found out. I walked in, you know, they, everybody's asleep. I came home, crawled into bed, woke up. I had all these scrapes and scratches over me, missing a shoe, right? Mm. This whole thing. Still clothed? Still clothed at that point. <laughs> Anyways, but it was a very, it, like I said, it really messed with my reality. Fast forward a couple of weeks. Um, smoking pot before school. Okay? Kids, don't do drugs. Yeah, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> and just for anybody yeah. to say that pot is harmless, it's just, it's not true. It's just not true. There's, there's always an effect with it because generally you end up hanging out with, especially when you're younger, really mm-hmm. shady people. And I was hanging out with shady people. Yep. Anyway, so smoking pot before school. And um, I don't really remember too much of the context, but we were smoking pot at a friend's house that was close to school. Um, again, I don't know if it was laced with something, if it was just the batch that had hit Chihuahua at the time, but it messed with me. I remember something happened. I flipped out again, ran to school, right? I wasn't a very good student. Never was a very good student. But I was like, you know, I got to do well in school. You know, I'm going to do, do all these things, blah, blah, blah. So I go into school. I remember walking up to my locker to open up my locker. And this is kind of the standard lockers you see in high school mm-hmm. and you spend the lock. And I remember spinning the lock. He just went, woo, woo. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I am really stoned. Oh. And I'm freaking out because I'm, you know, I want to be a good student at the time, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it went on forever. Anyways, somehow managed to open my locker. And I thought it was second period, which I had English class. Pull my books out, walk up to class. I walk in and I very quickly realize that this is not second period. It's still first period. So by the grace of God, yeah. I walk in. Everybody's books are down or everybody's heads down and they're reading. I somehow sneak into the class without the teacher noticing, sit in the back, and I'm like looking around trying to figure out what what they're reading. Because I <laughs> in my whole this whole time, like in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna be a good student, I'm gonna do these things, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, anyways, 
teacher never notices. Sit down, bell rings, second period starts, reminds, it's supposed to be my period. Um, I move over to my desk. So this is where, at this point, this is where, I haven't really shared this story too too much detail with people. My whole my whole reality was shattered at this point. I and I was sitting there, and in my mind, the enemy and I didn't realize I didn't realize this at the time, but the enemy was just assaulting me over and over again in my mind. He was basically showing me these images of myself in a very gross, distorted way, and it was basically attacking my self worth and all these things. And he was, you know, just basically showing me that this is all I will ever be. You know, mm. it was very, it was a very obviously impactful moment, but it was, it destroyed a lot of my self-confidence, all these things. Well, on the outside, I didn't realize this. <clears throat> I was shaking. Everybody thought I was on meth. And um, I remember the the class president happened to be sitting in front of me. Uh, actually, quite nice guy. Turned around. He's like, hey, man, he's like, you want a sweater? I was like, no, no. And I had a friend who was sitting next to me who actually partied with me. And she was just like, she, I remember telling me, she's like, if I could just get him to the next period, he'll be okay. Because she noticed I was shaking. I had like my mm. head down. And it, uh, the enemy was just assaulting me with these images in my mind of I was a piece of shit. All these things over and over and over again. Um, anyways, long story short, uh, clearly something was wrong with me. Teacher noticed. They called the resource officer or whatever. Mm. They come and get me. Um, again, they thought I was on meth because I was shaking so bad. Um, and maybe it was laced with meth. Who knows? Mm. Um, you know, I'm going in the office. I'm in trouble. My mom shows up. And just because of her own journey with drugs, she didn't know how to be a mom. Right? Mm -hmm. She was all over the place, all these things. But this was a very nice moment of her. She shows up. Um, obviously, she comes and gets me. And I remember... The next day, I had bruises on my arm because she grabbed me so hard, ripped me out of school. She was very nice, though, but she she grabbed me out of school, took me, um, went and got McDonald's. She mm. got me a couple Big Macs. She clearly knew I was high. I ate them. I passed out after, because there's no point in yelling at me when I'm super high. Wake up, obviously, do the whole thing. Um, so how old are you? 15. 15? Okay. So, but what's interesting is I tell that story because... This was a moment that obviously I didn't rise at the moment at the time, but that would shape the next so many years of my life. Um, and what it did is not only was it that those images that I, I would have nightmares about them for a while after that, but it would, like I said, it shattered my sense of reality. I yeah. really wasn't, I didn't really quite feel like stuff was real, all these things. This is why I could never do psychedelics. I would be the kid that would chop off his own fingers because he was tripping because they were snakes or whatever, right? <laughs> so I, I have never done psychedelics and this is why. Because like I said, my whole sense of reality was so messed up and so jacked up that I was having a hard time sensing what was real, all of these things. So, you know, just life goes on. and But in this moment, I, um, I never did well in school. All these things. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of super big ambition, you know? And so my biggest struggle between this experience and then fast forward was just finding the drive to actually do something in life. Um, didn't do well in school. Photography was one of the only things that I ever showed interest in uh, while in school, that and computers. 
So I remember my parents actually bought me a camera, all these things, blah, 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 and kind of the, the rest of the history. But it, my story is coming, having, having to figure out how to deal with your sense of reality jacked up, but then trying to find motivation, right? Trying to find inspiration, trying, because I didn't necessarily have the parents that were like, you know, you know, you got it, you can do it, but I didn't have that. I didn't, I'm a millennial. Mm. I'm on the tail end of being a millennial, kind of the beginning stages of it. Mm. But I didn't grow up with that where my ego or my self-esteem was falsely pumped up. I didn't have any of that. I just had broken parents, Mm. right? Obviously going through their stuff, trying to raise me with all these things. So, and it's kind of funny because I feel like this is a generational thing, if you will, over my family of trying to figure out motivation. How do you stay motivated? Anyway, so... So that's just kind of my journey is figuring out how to do life in, and then of course, when I'm 20, 21, I find Jesus, then it changes everything. Um, so this is my, this is kind of my initial story of adversity on top of everything else. But for me, it was all about, I mean, I hate to say the old trope, but it's, it was literally just waking up and trying to figure out one day at a time. Yeah. And you know, I feel like that was kind of Pastor Matt's scenario, and I'm sure you guys have your own stories about this, but understanding that life, for lack of a better term, life sucks mm. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We live in a fallen world. Oh, yeah. And I think that that is also the point of Jesus, but living in a fallen world, life is hard. Life yep. is, there's death, there's sickness, there's all these things, there's war, there's greed, there's all these things that are happening around you. And without a center point, which happens to be Jesus for all of us, um, life is really hard. With Jesus, it becomes much better. Yeah. Um, but, and then you're trying to constantly find happiness in the things of the world. I was a prime example of that from doing drugs, mm-hmm. doing all those things. And after that, trying to find happiness in the things of this mm-hmm. world from drinking, from, you know, drowning myself in video games, you know, all these things, trying to find happiness in in the world. And whether I had known it at the time, my grandma and my aunt were praying for me because they were believers. Um, my grandma prayed for me all the time, all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. it was probably her and my aunt are the, probably some of the biggest influencers for me be, actually oh. becoming a Christian. But anyways, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but it's, yeah, that was the big thing for me is just trying to figure out how to put one foot in front of the other. And I think that a lot of times we live in a world where maybe some people are just naturally motivated, right? I was not one of those people. Um, When I was younger, I was also diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. I guess they boosted it up to ADHD or redefined it, which again, if you look at some people on the internet, everybody is always like, oh, you're neurotypical. I just want to punch him in the face. I'm like, (laughs) shut up. Like that's the whole like, oh, you're cisgender white male. So you don't understand the struggles. I'm like, because my sister's got it. And Well, the one, the big, okay, so let me wrap it up with this and then you guys can go. The biggest thing that I learned is no one gives a shit. Mm. Your excuses matter to nobody. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been my biggest struggle for the past couple of years in our country is like, I should be the typical Twilla kid. I should have knocked a girl up. I should have, have a bunch of kids I never wanted to have. I should have some random shitty job out there and I should be hating life, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. And, um, I have an incredible marriage, beautiful kids, a brand new, wonderful home. And not to saying that's defining of success, but, um, I went to college, I did all these things 
because I realized that no one gave a shit how much mm. I struggled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not to say that people didn't care about me and that, you know, it's good to separate those things. But no one cares about your excuses. You mm. have to find your own motivation. You have to. And this that's is why. Work. Yeah. Yeah. And that, but that's personally why I'm very fiercely independent. That's why I do everything myself. And I'm learning to not do, right? For Pathfinders, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, there's a reason why you should bless other people and be it anyways. But um, but that's why, because I went through my life where I felt like I had to do everything on my own. I learned to do laundry at a very long age, young age. Mm-hmm. I learned to cook at a very young age. Mm-hmm. I learned to take care of myself at a very yes. young age. I learned to do all these things. And all these experiences led up to that to where um, I quickly realized that what kind of life do I want? Because at that time, I was working at KFC and I was actually making really good money. I became a manager at KFC, wow. but I was working at least 60 hours a week. There was one store I worked like literally every waking hour I was at, K- it was like 90, 100 hours. Wow. It was like 100, wow. 120, 130 hours a week. And it was around all this time, right? Through all of these experiences that I had been through, this is right before I went to college, um, that I realized that no one cares what you've been through. The only person that can change that is you, right? And for me, it was like, that was the big defining moment. It's like, I don't want to cook chicken for the rest of my life. Nothing against it. Mm. Yeah. But I was too young. I had too many opportunities and that's when I went to college, went to college, found Jesus, all these things. But, wow. but it was just that thing. It's like, and I don't mean to sound harsh, but it really is for the most part, you have to make those changes. You have to make those steps, whether you're in, in, in being an addict, you have to figure out, you have to hit your own rock bottom, right? I hit rock bottom in those moments when I was 15, when my world was shattered. And then I realized that no one is going to come over and pick me up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I have to, and that's the thing is everybody gets so offended by like, well, uh, you can't just tell people to pull on their boots and tie them and pick them up by their bootstraps. Yes, you can, <laughs> because that's yeah. what I know, Abe, that's a lot of your story. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of your story. Right. That's my story. Um, and that's, a, and you guys are immigrants for lack of a better term. That's a lot of immigrant stories. Mm-hmm. Freaking people walk thousands of miles to get here because right. they're not afraid of hard work and to come into the country and crush it. So this whole idea that people can't be picked up by their bootstraps, I think, is a very sad reality that our world's going into. Okay, I've rambled on enough. No, no, that's good. Anyway, so that's kind of my story and the the biggest lesson to time. I I think I I would like to, I would like to work a little bit on on, not work, but um, well, I had I had some follow up questions. Did you ever learn how to make math? No. Did you have a? Ridiculous. Did you have a? Did you have a camper you, van? van? You trying to invest money or what? No, no. And it was not. It was because you do look a little like Walter from Breaking Bad. <laughs> so right now I got a gnar- I'm bald and I got a gnarly goatee. So thank you, Ben. It was actually it was a form of meth. It was called crank. Um, and I don't really know beyond that the specifics, but go ahead. Right now there is some weird things. You know that if I've seen people that they they use it and then they just. Get really bad for the rest of yeah. Of you still have all your teeth, and your face is not melting. <laughs> I never did it. I never did it. Luckily, they did it after I came out of the womb, so I didn't have to deal well, with that. I'm, okay. I'm just thrilled and impact, you know, because you're talking about the kind of life you have, you know. And I grew up with a mom, with a dad. Mm. My dad worked in a, in a in a company. My mom at home took me to school. Bring me back. There is food on the table, you know. Yeah. No drugs, no alcohol, wow. you know, involved. My dad wasn't a Christian when I grew up. He became a Christian 
I I believe when I was eleven or yeah, I'm I'm really bad keeping dates. <laughs> I'm really bad. Um. Anyway, but when I'm hearing your story and seeing you, seeing your house, seeing your mm. babies, seeing your wife, how much you love her, how much you do, how much you fight for your family, it's it it, it creates that big question. You know, mm. what what is the secret? You know, and 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 and. And I can see that first uh, season of your life, you know, being messed up. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. kids, they don't listen, mm -hmm. but they observe. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. They, they might not listen to you. The, the kids, they don't listen to their parents, but they observe. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they retain more by observing how we behave. So your path was already marked, you know, and it was on one direction. It was you were going on 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 direction of drugs, alcohol. It, yeah. You were stamped already at the beginning mm -hmm. of your life, and and that's what I'm touched right now because you were there. You 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 have marked your your pathway. You should be a drug addict, you know, mm -hmm. according with all that you're telling me right now. Yeah, yeah. But the second one is like everyone, a certain time in our life, mm -hmm. we're able we're able to see ourselves in the mirror. Mm. And that's what happened to you on that yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. You when you were offended, but that was what that was what hit you. You know what that hit you, and then you start to see that you don't want to be like that. You don't want to be the person. But it's hard to to it's difficult to understand a little kid, even you know, fifteen years old. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I have four kids, and every time they go between eleven to sixteen. It is a difficult time, and I being mm. at home, I being wow. with them, I wow. being investing on them. Yeah. Mm. What? How uh, a fifteen-year-old that would, their parents had been, uh, you know, not pouring, not yeah. mentoring. The Bible said that uh, if we instruct our kids, they're gonna be successful. Yeah, yeah. I don't see that in your past, mm. but you are successful. And 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 that part of your life, you know, it's 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 a, a reminder for each of us that then at the end, I'm gonna say it like this: you take the decision of how you want to live your life. Mm. It's not the mark that you have from your past, mm -hmm. but it's not gonna be easy. And I just want to share. I have to share this because mm -hmm. I, I I this is important. Do it. Um, and it's it's a part of Matthew. Matthew, you you mentioned that your life it's um uh it's been you mentioned about being difficult, you know, and and life is difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then with Jesus, it is difficult, but it's not as hard. Yes. To live with it. Yes. Your your aunt and your grandma, you say, mm -hmm. that were praying for you, they were there. Yep. And that there was a fight over there trying fighting for your life, and that's the reason that why you are here, right? But it just came to me this, and it's in Matthew um, 11, 11, 28. If I say something wrong, I, I read Bible in Spanish, so I'm going to mm -hmm. try to read it. Then it says, then Jesus, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Mm. Take my joke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will be fine rest for your souls. For my joke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. 
mental part when you take a decision to follow Jesus or the, you take a decision and in your case, you know, 21 years old, you, you took the decision to follow Jesus. When I see your background, you know how difficult it is hmm. for a young yep. guy to get there? Mm. Yeah, you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But but you were open in a way. And right now, what, what, what I'm not seeing, the kids is like, my life is messed up, so it's messed up. And and mm -hmm. there are complaints, but we don't do they don't do anything about it, you know. And I'm not I'm not criticizing that. I, I I'm just amazed, you know, because when I see that background that you're coming from, and I see my life compare my life. I, I know you Ben, mm -hmm. but it's like I'm really blessed. I'm really mm -hmm. blessed. But 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 when I see you, it's like man, there's hope, and that's what I want to transfer to the people. I, that's what I'm want, I'm trying to say to the people that are listening today. I don't know what kind of issues you have, but there's hope. There's hope, but you got to take the right decision, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't want to, I mean, I guess we might as well camp here. I just feel bad because I want you guys to share your mm -hmm. stuff. No, but, no, um, I'm, I'm good on that. You, it, you should keep going. I feel like we've talked about this a little bit, but it really is. There's always hope. Mm -hmm. There's always hope. It's kind of funny because that's actually one of my tattoos on my body. It says hope. This is before I was a believer. Um, in, in the, I know, right? God was just so worth it. <laughs> I've never seen that tattoo. Yeah. I, I don't want to ask, but you have it. But it's, it's on my back. It's on okay. my back. It's it just back. says whole right now. <laughs> Everybody thinks this is dope. It's just, yeah. So, but then it's, it really is. It's, it's, and that's what I think I got so worked up over, like I said, over the last couple of years is everybody trying to tell other people that because of my circumstance, this is the way I am, right? And someone, I think I was listening to Dennis Prager speak, and that's one of the biggest lies that have come out of culture is that it's entirely your parents' fault. It's entirely your circumstances' mm -hmm. fault. Yep. And obviously listening to my story, you can tell that like I have justification, if you want to call it that, to be angry, to be pissed off, to hate my parents, mm -hmm. to all these yeah. things. And here's the other side. Now, just uh, probably about six or seven years ago, my dad, who was the stable one, fell off the rocker. And now he is addicted to drugs. Oh. And he is all over the place. So I went from one parent. I had a stable parent. And then I had one parent to them swapping places. Oh, wow. So I have never known, not known addiction in my life. Wow. My, mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. wife is the same way. She's got, she had a, she had a cousin who OD'd. And I died. So when people say to me that, I'm a victim of my circumstance, I say, bullshit. Mm -hmm. You're right. a victim of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I can say that because I've walked it. And I think the problem is, is that you, you allow the world and the enemy to continue yeah. to whisper. And don't get me wrong. It's not that I didn't struggle. It's not that I don't have yeah. insecurities. It's not that I don't have to work through that stuff. But that's the biggest thing about Jesus. It was because of Jesus in those early days. And you said it so well. He gives you hope mm -hmm. because if you put your hope in this world, as we all know, you look around, it's like, oh, we're all going to die in 10 years from global warming. Well, that's not a whole lot of hope. Uh, everybody's evil. Oh, that sucks. The country you're in is racist and they hate you. Well, that's not a lot. Like mm -hmm. you can easily find a lack of hope, right? Or even if you go around the other places in the world, that's just America, right? Um, even Af Afghanistan's a massive one right now mm -hmm. where – you know, um, I've had several missionary friends tell me, like, when you go into these places, they have so much hope. They have yeah. so much happiness where they technically, quote, unquote, should not. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so 
that's where I just get so worked up about these yeah. this the current culture in the state of our country. It's like that's not true. That is simply not true. Yeah. And if you look at you know the black people, Hispanic people, the whatever, the Asian Indian people that have come out of that stuff, and you listen to them, they're like, yeah, my circumstance sucked, but then mm-hmm. I changed it. Right, yeah. my circumstance sucked, but then I changed it. You know, you guys are the your parents, perhaps are the same way. The circumstance sucked, so they changed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the that is the most powerful thing we have as humans is we can always change our yes. circumstances. But everything mm-hmm. starts. One of the favorite, the battlefield of the enemy, it's on the mind. Absolutely. That's where yeah. everything starts. Mm-hmm. If you take it on the yeah. mind, you won't be able to fight it outside. There's no psychology. Uh, doctor or a specialist that can help you if you you haven't won that battle in the mind. Mm-hmm. And the best way, I mean, we are uh, we are not creators. We've been created, mm-hmm. and everything that we are, we need to come back to our creator. That's definitely so. Yeah. That's the best way to to help your mind to fight that battle and not allowing. There's so many lies right now going around the kids. You know, the, your age. I think right mm-hmm. now they've been. Uh, uh, throwing a lot of negative ideas to them, you know, that if you were on that time, you know, surrounded by social media, you mm-hmm. know, it wouldn't mm-hmm. mess you up even oh, yeah. worse right now. Who knows where I would have been. Know? But, but now you find your way out. It's more difficult right now for the kids because mm-hmm. social media, you know, I was reading a book uh, about how much influence that mm. causes from a, a lady taking a picture and then seeing the reflection on the phone and then seeing other pictures and, you know, you start to compare yourself. It just yeah. puts you oh, down, yeah. you know? So definitely, definitely, we got to understand that the, the, the battlefield of the enemy, it's on the mind. That's the first one you need to, you need to, yeah. to win. Well, because okay. at the end of the day, you're still you. And mm-hmm. you have to live with you. Yeah. And that's when like, you know, just slowly as I realized is you'd look at yourself in the mirror. You kind of said this earlier. It's like, yeah. I I can either succumb to my circumstance, which I'm not I'm not trying to downplay anybody that has. And I know some circumstances are just awful. I'm not saying that. But I think that even if you talk to I have uh, some missionary friends that do a lot of um work in sex trafficking in Eastern Europe. Mm. And um, you want to talk about succumbing to some circumstances. These poor girls, poor even young men are traded into Mm. this life. But some of the stories that, and like they are victims of their circumstance. Like you want to talk about someone who Mm. has zero choice, they're enslaved, Mm -hmm. they can't get out. But what's interesting is they come in and they start talking to some of these women and the fight that's in them. The, the, there's still always sometimes a spark that's behind their eyes. Obviously, sometimes they go in and these people are just destroyed. But anyway, so I always think about that. And it's like, I could be them or I could be X, Y, and Z. And it was just at the end of the day, I was like, I have to live with myself and I don't want to be here anymore. And don't get me wrong. It's been a struggle. I have all, you know, all those things. But, yeah. um, but we're not, we're yeah. not. I, I'm not pointing a finger and I want to say, yeah, it's easy to come out. I'm not. Oh, we're no. Not it's, saying no, it's, it's hard. That. It yeah. sucked. It's hard. It's hard. And that's, we're just trying to help here, you know. And, but and you can't. Yeah, I know. But it's you it's can. not easy. It's but not easy. It's not yeah. easy. I've seen mm-hmm. several people just getting stuck and, 
and and, and I remember um, uh, an example that they used to give me uh, when I was little. When you are stuck in a situation, it's like you are in the middle of the ocean, you're drowning, and you can't see what is where you can swim. But the people sure. that is outside can say, "Hey, there is a boat next to you. You you, mm, you can swim on that." That's great. Uh, that's you know, a great analogy. You can you can swim on that direction. You're gonna get there, but you are drowning. You you're not able mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand, and I I'm, I'm just feeling like like there is so much need right now to to help uh, the youth right now. And there is so much of absenteeism of, of, of fathers, sure. parents. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much. Like we know, we we're having babies and not taking care of them. You know, and um, but I think there's hope, and I'm just feel like right now, if if you haven't taken a decision, if you haven't tried uh, going to God, it's the time for you to try it. This is the moment that that you should be trying to. With the, to the, get close to him. You don't need to go to a church. You just got to take a decision right now, whatever yeah. you're seeing, whatever, you know. With that, one thing I thought about, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I think if you're in the, in the ocean drowning, okay, and, you know, you're listening to this, you're just like, these guys are stupid. I don't know what they're talking about. The, the biggest thing that I think that anybody could do, and this is the hardest thing, is you simply have to take responsibility yourself yes that's good right yeah. whether mm-hmm. whether it's a responsibility to follow jesus whether it's a responsibility to maybe take yes. care of a kid that you you know mm-hmm. had or whatever but you want to watch your life change take responsibility yes. for something mm-hmm. yes yourself someone else whatever it is in that wherever you're at and i guarantee your life will change especially as men because we've talked about this mm-hmm. it ignites something in you it it awakens something in you to where yes you want to change. You want to be different. You want to be better. So um, take the responsibility. And as Abe says, like, ask, reach out to Jesus and he will yeah. not let you down. So it's when, when, you, when you're saying that, I'm just seeing like people addicted to pornography, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they don't want to cut the internet on their house. Mm-hmm. 100%, that's, that's taking 100%, responsibility. 100%. Yeah? Mm-hmm. If you're going to take responsibility, you know what? I'm going to cancel my service. 100%. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm going to mm-hmm. cancel my... My data on my phone. I, I'm gonna use it. it. You know that's taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm gonna shut certain friends because they're not good influence for me. That's taking responsibility mm-hmm. of yourself. Hundred percent. Yeah. You're so right. Like, and that's the thing is we all get to make these excuses and all these things and blah blah blah. Well, I'm addicted. Blah blah. blah. No, 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 no. If because I think back to those those girls that are stuck in sex trafficking, for example. If they don't get to make excuses then I certainly don't get to make mm, excuses, yeah. right? Um, and and they still fight for their life. They haven't committed right. suicide. Yeah. Right. They yeah. haven't done those things. Um, mm-hmm. And they constantly are still in the game, so to speak. And even them, even in their horrible, horrible circumstance that they didn't choose, still have to take responsibility for something, yes. yeah. right? Like they... They have to take responsibility for their mental attitude, what they think about, mm-hmm. all these things. And I'm not that, like, obviously that's a very extreme circumstance. But I think that sometimes we have to pull from those circumstances and realize that yeah. at the end of the day, you look yourself in the mirror, like, it's just you. Yes. It's just you. What and that's, you some, say, that's the scariest thing. What would you say to people that have thought it all through and have landed on suicide as the answer? 
So I was actually thinking about this. We actually know someone who's got a very powerful story. Um, he could probably speak to this a little better than I could, but mm -hmm. I think about, because I think we've all had thoughts of this. I know personally, there's been times where it's just, it would just be easier if I wasn't here, right? Mm -hmm. be easier if I just, you know, took my car and just drove it in oncoming traffic, right? Or whatever. And I didn't, I would say, ironically enough for me, I didn't struggle super hard with suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that we all have some degree of it. But I wasn't like a massive thing where I was on the verge of doing it. I just didn't ever have that. And for me, it was, it really was just simply one day at a time and getting, I look at it like this, when after that 15-year-old had that experience where I had the lowest view of myself, the lowest, like I was just disgusted with myself. Wow. I had to work to find the beauty in the world, wow. right? And I think that when you're, when you're at your wit's end, when you're just like, screw it, I'm going to take these pills, I'm going to shoot myself, I'm going to do whatever. You have to stop and think about like, this decision is final. Yep. Like there's a finality to this. Like, and especially like if you're not a believer, we'll leave the spiritual side out of it for a moment, but if there's a finality to this, it's like, I cannot take this back. Right. That is yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And then on top of that, like, as people say, like in reality, in whether you want to hear it or not, suicide is selfish to a certain extent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Think about it. Like if you're a young kid and you do whatever, you kill yourself and your parents find you, that will forever affect them mm -hmm. whether that's your intention or not yes they will forever be scarred and who knows what's going to happen on the other net and i think that that's when it's really sad when um and i and i know there's extreme mental circumstances and i know all of this but it's really just about finding someone to talk to and um i think about i was very fortunate because i had my aunt who is actually she's basically like an older sister to me. Um, <clears throat> my grandma had her late in life, so she's only like five years older than me. Um, but through these circumstances, I would talk to her often. You know, I would talk to my friends. I would do these things. And I realized at the end of the day that I feel like so often we get so worried about what other people are going to think like, oh my gosh, you struggle with suicide thoughts or you want to kill yourself? Oh my God. Like, that's stupid. Mm -hmm, because yeah. all of us at some circumstance, some point have had those thoughts. The biggest thing for me is you have to realize you're not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone. Perfect example, Jesus. The other side of that is the, the finality. You really have to think about like, okay, I do this, I kill myself. Then what? It, your, your release is going to be temporary. Mm -hmm. Your you release from pain is going to be temporary. You know, like we, uh, it was a while ago, I mean, not a while ago, past six months, I heard about a pastor who killed himself in uh, like the Palm Springs area, mm -hmm. left behind kids, mm -hmm. wife. So like what is going on in that situation where he is willing to take his own life and leave all of that behind? And that's where I think there is a spiritual side to it. Yes. Is that if the enemy can get you to kill yourself, then he is one. And I think that for me, I was unwilling to give anybody the satisfaction of that. I was, I was unwilling to lose. To me, that's the only way you lose. Yeah. And I'm not to be harsh, but like you can't compete in the game, so to speak, of life 
if you're not in the game. But we all have mm-hmm. a chance to be in the game. And it was just a series of really, really analyzing that thought, really analyzing the beauty in the world. Stop. And that's where I think the enemy gets you is when you're in suicidal thoughts, when you're in this moment of woe is me, the enemy is getting, this is going to be harsh, but the enemy is getting to, or the world, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's the big, this is the biggest poison that has seeped into society or since the fall of man. This is getting you to think about yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because when you're only thinking about yourself, it's very easy to become depressed. It's very easy to succumb to your circumstances. Yep. It's very right. wow, so that's forth. great. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And because I think about that, right? Like I've always, I've always one day, hopefully I'll get to give this sermon, but I always get this visual of the enemy gets you, you know, he talks in your ear, the world happens, blah, blah, blah. And you're looking down, right? And all you see is yourself. You see your feet, you see your hands, blah, blah, blah. You see, you see kind of generally what's around you. And it's a very small point of view. But the beauty of coming to Jesus is he gets you to pick up your head hmm. and he gets you to wow. view everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, yeah. everything that's happening, everything around. And that's you become good. and you realize that, you know, it, but it's, it's the whole selfishness. It shifts. It shifts off of you onto everybody else. Yeah. It shifts off of you onto everybody else. And I think that that's where the suicide, I think that's the basis of suicide. Um, not some time about the other mental, but, but it's all. Think about it. Yeah. We become in a society that is solely obsessed with myself and, you know, convince you that you're a good person and all these things. And it's, it's not a way to live. It's not a way to live when you constantly think about yeah. yourself. You know, when you constantly think, my circumstance is so bad. My circum, I'm so bad. I just want to kill myself, blah, blah, blah. You think about your, your vocabulary. Think about your script. Mm-hmm. It's me, 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 me. Yeah. Mm. And you have to. You, that's why I think you have to look at the beauty of the world. You have to talk to people. You have to get some perspective. And you have to realize that your thing, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe it's whoever, your family. When you look around and this will be it. I can no longer affect them. I can no longer laugh with them. I can no, I can no longer feel what it is to be human. I can no longer cry. Wow. I can no longer eat good food. Mm. I can no longer do any of these things. This decision is it. Yeah. So that's just, that's my that, perspective. Is this like, you got to get, awesome. you, you got to get your no, that thinking was a, that off was of a you. Good, uh, good viewpoint, the, the whole selfish thing of it. Because yep. I was, as you were talking about it, I was thinking of like really highly influential people that, that we mm. know, like, well, not personally known, but, Sure. Uh, Whitney Houston, right? Michael Jackson mm. and mm. Uh, mm. Uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm. Did like, Whitney Houston kill herself? She, I think it she, was like overdose. Oh, overdose. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, like they've had everything. Like they mm-hmm. were highly successful in mm-hmm. their careers, highly influential. People loved them globally. Mm. Uh, they've had very positive impacts on humankind and yet they've decided to to end their lives maybe we need to redefine successful Mm. um but and but you said it right you said it's 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 a very selfish thing like you're always focused on your own struggles your own troubles Mm -hmm. your own pain pain right things that you're fighting through uh and uh, i mean i think that answers answers that is it's yeah. it's you know these people really were mm. these people were struggling through something that they felt they were alone and struggling through mm-hmm. and so I, I agree with you i think that if you are going through those kinds of thoughts and, and yeah. emotions 
talk to people, find people to talk to. Yeah, because if you think about it, if the enemy can get you to think about solely about yourself, I mean, you guys know this just from being human. Think about how depressed you get. Think about mm -hmm. how, you know, everything starts to shrink. Yes. And the world is, and this is like, I hate to say it, but I mean, ultimately life is not about us. Like true joy, if you think about it, comes mm -hmm. from giving, from being with friends and family, mm -hmm. from doing all these things. And obviously you yeah. add G, wow. and all these things that God has baked into the pie, so to speak. And it's not really about us. True joy, I'm happiest, not when I'm satisfying my own needs, right? As you guys know, it's when you're satisfying your wife's needs, when you're being with your kids, when you're with your friend, you're eating good mm -hmm. food, you know, when you're conversing, when you're doing all these things that there is to life, when you're, you know, all blah, blah, blah. So I think that, because I, th I keep thinking back to this, that I think he was a pastor who killed himself. And I think the enemy works over time, you know, to get you just whisper in your ear, right? Like that visual I was talking about earlier, to get you to look down. And then he just hammers you over mm -hmm. and over and over. But I think back to these, these little girls who are in sex trafficking, if they don't kill themselves, mm -hmm. when I think if we talk about, because the world's all big on justification, like I would think they would have the biggest justification to do that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because if I would hear that, I'd be like, okay, like that makes sense to me. Like mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it's just as a logical human perspective, like they saw no way out, mm -hmm. they could, but they don't. And I'm, I'm yeah. not saying that some don't, but then you look at the situation where someone's got a family, like, or talking about the movie stars and the music, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the world convinces them that it's all about, and the yeah. enemy, like, it's, it's to deny that there's not a spiritual battle, I think. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There social is. media is, it oh, plays social a media is a whole other, there's a really, on this uh, really fascinating guy named Jonathan yeah. Hyatt, who talks a lot about, he's some, I think he's some sort of psychologist, but he talks a lot about the effects of social mm -hmm. media on kids. Mm -hmm. He's been on Joe Rogan a few times on, fascinating you should go I'll, I'll see if i'm gonna send it to you guys but especially because you're about to have you know uh middle school age kids mm -hmm. and you know you, it, it's just really really good but yeah yep i don't know oh, I, was think, good. I think that you really have to basically the episode's over sorry guys no, that's, good. That's, that's that, you know what right. and this is about it you know i mean i'm sure that someone's gonna is mm. listening right now about this and it's like oh yeah i'm dealing with this yeah and, and the I think the biggest thing the enemy tries to convince us is that you yep. and Ben said it, you are alone. Mm -hmm. No one understands you. You're yep. and, it's, and it is a bold face lie. When you right. say that no one right. cares, actually the enemy cares and wow. God cares. Yes. So you yeah. are not alone. I mean, there's a yeah. and, and the spiritual way, there's a, a, a fight that yeah. you don't see. And there's a weird I mean, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. It's and it's so funny. you are an asset to somebody. Yes, you're yeah. They, <laughs> Woo, come on. So, though, that's a whole other episode yes, right there. Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. Because that's good. what the enemy got, does is like he push you a little bit to the, how do you call to the cliff? Yep. Yep. He push you mm -hmm. and then he waits. If you don't do nothing, he come back and put, he's not working all the time on you. And if it doesn't work and he pushes hard, and then, but God at the same time, he's providing, yeah. he's, he's always providing uh, the other door. You yeah. Also. The, I had a thought the other day, um, and, oh, I don't know, this is a totally another thing, but um, everybody compared, everybody says that the enemy is a lion. That's not true. The Bible says the enemy is he's like, like a lion. A lion. Like yeah. a lion. Mm -hmm. yeah. The only yeah. lion is Jesus. Yes. Right. Because, you know, um, and I think about that, you know, and it's, and it's, I think going back to, my story is you hear two things. You hear me say, no one cares. And then you hear, you hear me say, someone cares. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to put mm -hmm. it in the context of what I'm saying. Yes. Right. So just don't get that twisted. In terms of you 
changing your life, it's not that no one cares, but like you have to realize that it's on you. And it's also on you to like, it's not that people can't come alongside you and get you out of depression and all these things, but it still is on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You, take the, you have to take the decision. It, it always, no one's going to do it ultimately, for you. And that's the thing is that's the, yeah. that is the hardest thing, the biggest ultimate responsibility when God says, we're going to give him free will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that you have the free will to do whatever you want. So, anyways, Woo. nice. But that is, I mean, that that's, it, crazy. that's an interesting thing to think about. Either way, you are an asset to somebody. I mean, like, so yeah. if you look at yeah the movie Braveheart, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, you either fight on on this side or you fight on this side, and 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 both sides are vying for your life, for your attention, mm-hmm. for your yeah. commitment. Wow. Right. And so we should make an episode out of this. This is good. <laughs> so so which side are you gonna pick? Are you gonna pick the side that says you're a failure, you're mm, you know, you're totally. you're you know, miserable and, and you're unsuccessful and preacher brown boy. Like right? Like yeah. no matter how much success you've found, I mean like yes. like you look yes. at people like Whitney Houston and Robin Williams and Michael Jackson, like that they are they were at the pinnacle of their mm. success. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they could have had even more success, but Mm. like you get to that point in your life where you, you decide, okay, am I going to fall for all these voices in my head uh, that say I am unworthy, that I'm worthless, that I'm, you know, I'm nothing. Or do I follow these, you know, other voices that say, no, your life is worth it. Do, you know, there's, there's more that you can give. There's more that you can do. There's mm. more that you can accomplish. Mm. So there's always a battle. Yeah. Always Either way, battle. you're an asset, right? It, yeah. it mm. depends on who you're an asset for. Yeah. And that's something, obviously, when you're young, you have no context of. It's very weird to wrap your mind around that there's, there is a battle for you. Because if you just listen to your own subconscious, yes. it's scary in there. That's mm. what it is. Yeah. The so. enemy comes and mm. just drops thoughts in your conscience. Mm-hmm. And then he let him grow let him, and then yeah, if it doesn't work he comes seeds. back that's what he does that's what he does yeah yeah don't let him plant plant seeds mm-hmm. on your yeah yeah your so yeah honestly though like I'll, I'll i'll we'll end and say this if that is something you're struggling with reach out yeah dm us you know some of you guys have our phone numbers like don't ever 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 believe the lie that you are alone mm-hmm. um because you're not and so like if you're struggling with that please reach out to somebody dm us on instagram um, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. Um, that's why we're here yeah. talking about being men in renovation. So, all right. That's been episode 18. Uh, I sucked up all the time. Sorry, fellas. Yeah, no, you're good. So that's now good. we got to do everybody's stories because oh. I know there's some good stuff in here. So <laughs> anyways, go back and listen to episode 15, 16 with our friend, Matt Tuggle. He rocked the world. Uh, he's got a crazy story, amazing wisdom. Um, episode 17 and 18 were just a lot of reflection on that and kind of sharing our own stories, our own journey. Um, episode 19, 20, hopefully we'll get another guest in here. It's going to be really good. Um, we love you guys. Check us out on Instagram, all the good stuff. Uh, go leave us a review on iTunes, uh, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.